Hello, I'm Will Yeoman and welcome to another episode of the Pod Well Travelled. Now today we've got something slightly different because I'm joined by aviation editor Jeffrey Thomas. So while I'm not flying solo, our captain Stephen Scalefield is not on board today. He's off wandering about the desert as he is wont to do this time every year. But Jeffrey, it's down to you and me. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Will. Thank you. And we've got a lot to talk about today, and it is all aviation related. We're going to have a quick chat about whether fares are going up in the light of the um, the, the, the fuel crisis at the moment. That we're also going to talk about Cathay Pacific's uh, Pacific Group, who has just released their annual sustainable development report, and there's some amazing stuff in there to look forward to. We're also going to cross to Moens Johansson, who is actually in Singapore right now. But yesterday, um, at the time of recording, he actually visited Changi Airport to look at the um, Silvercrest and Chris Flyer Gold Lounges, um, which sound incredible, a $50 million redesign, upgrade and expansion project. There's a lot of stuff there that will make our listeners very jealous indeed. And last but not least, we're going to talk about an exciting new competition that starts this Saturday in the West Australian. So, Geoffrey, a lot to take in. What do you want to start with? Let's talk about fares because that's probably uppermost on people's minds. Well, look, yes, absolutely. And and um, the issue with fares um, is the price of fuel. Mm. Um, as we know at the Bowser, when we're filling up our cars, uh, the price is up to $2, again, even with the excise cut. So, you know, it, it's really a problem. For, for aviation, it's a major problem uh, because the price of fuel has gone from $95 a barrel in January of this year up to $155 a barrel. Um, and the International Air Transport Association says that's added $121 billion US, which mm. is about $180 billion Australian dollars to airlines' bottom lines. Um, so it's, it's, it's a major, major problem. So what airlines are doing, like Qantas, they're saying, well, look, we're not going to put our fares up as such, but what we're going to do is trim our capacity, uh, therefore reduce the number of flights, forcing passengers onto um, the reduced number of flights and thereby increasing the number of people on the airplane. Um, and by, by doing that, they then end up paying a little bit more for their flight because uh, on an airplane, um, there's about 13 different fare levels. Okay. And as the cheapest seats go, it goes up to the next fare level, the next fare level goes up and up and up. So, you know, if you're, you know, well uh, tuned into these sorts of things and can plan well enough ahead, the fares are still good. Yes. But if you're, if you're buying a fare for tomorrow, well, then you're going to be paying a lot more uh, than you would have otherwise. Um, and that's the way they're addressing the fuel uh, problem at the moment. Okay. Can I can I just get a, a, your um, opinion on a different, slightly different take on this? Because uh, when Moens was talking to the guys at uh, Changi Airport, he caught up with um, Executive Vice President of a commercial that's Lee Lick Sin, and he who said fares are a function of of demand and supply, and he mm. doesn't think airlines will be able to raise fares if the underlying demand is not there. So, what do you think of that? Oh, look, absolutely. Mm. It, it is absolutely a supply and demand. And what we're finding in Australia right now is that people are not as keen to go further afield 
um, you know, like the United States, for instance, or or maybe, you know, Japan, they want to travel domestically. Sure. So the domestic demand in Australia is huge. Um, and th- therefore, you know, I've, I've traveled about eight or nine times in the last uh, three weeks, four weeks, um, and every single flight was full. Wow. So the, the demand is absolutely there. But then again, you know, I looked, I looked on various websites. I uh, looked at Virgin's website and Jetstar's website for flights to Sydney and Adelaide uh, for the month of July and August, and I'm still finding very good fares. Mm, uh, I'm finding yes. fares to Adelaide for 195. I'm finding fares to Sydney for 247 and 229 on Virgin. So there's some. There is there is still really good fares out there. You just need to plan a little bit further ahead. But but uh, the Singapore Airlines. Um, Executives absolutely right because the airlines are in a real conundrum here because they they need to get a, a better return, but at the same time they need to stimulate demand and put some really competitive fares in the marketplace to attract people back to flying because there are still some folks um, and for various good reasons uh, who don't want to fly, but you know they don't like they don't like to wear a mask. They've got a health issue. They just don't want to get exposed. Um, so there's there's all sorts of varying and competing uh, dynamics to this. Um, and one thing I can say for certain, I think the next six months is going to be very, very um, turbulent as far as <laughs> fair, fair yes. levels are concerned and, <laughs> right. and, and you know, where people want to go and not go and airlines are still trying to work that out as well because uh, well, travel travel trends have changed so dramatically. No, absolutely. And you're right. Look, and, and Lili Sin did also add that um, Singapore Airlines have hedged about 40% of their fuel for the, for this, for the current year and they're trying to exercise yes. as much discipline as possible in all their, the other cost aspects that, that they can control. So they're clearly yes. a little bit concerned. Yeah. But, and that's another dynamic because some airlines hedge and Qantas, for instance, has hedged 90% of its fuel for right. this year wow. and into next year. Wow. So they've, they've done a tremendous – Qantas is one of the best airline airlines for hedging. They've got some very, very smart uh, people in their hedging department. Um, it's almost like a casino in there, you know, sort of, you know, what, what do we bet on this and where do we bet on that? And, mm. um, and the other dynamic is uh, airlines like Singapore particularly – um, have invested a huge amount of money in airplanes like the 787 and the A350. And these planes are burning 35 to 40% less fuel than the A380. So they're putting a lot of, a lot of their routes, uh, they're using these aircraft to cut, cut the fuel, uh, fuel uh, consumption as well. So again, another, another one of the dynamics, um, that make this, uh, you know, a really fascinating, uh, uh, set of c- circumstances. Absolutely, Jeffrey. Now, look, while, while we're on the subject of Singapore, let, let's hear from Moens because um, obviously Singapore's been investing a lot of money into uh, this project as well. And these these new lounges at Terminal 3, they span about 6,100 square metres, a 30% more seats and space than they previously had, and then they can now accommodate around about 1,150 customers. So, as, as I said, Moens had the, the pleasure to walk around and look at all the new, um, new uh, premises and he was absolutely astounded, as you're about to hear. Okay, now I've got uh, Moens Johansson on the line from Singapore. Moens, welcome to the pod Well Travelled. Thank you very much, Will. 
Yeah, you're probably, Glad to be here. You're probably sitting in some luxurious hotel at the moment. Tell us a bit more about that before we get stuck into the, the main main business. Well, I'm actually sitting uh, at a desk in my room here looking out of the window from the Pan Pacific in uh, in Singapore here on the 29th floor. So I've got a, a reasonably good view, it's fair to say. <laughs> okay. I won't, I won't push <laughs> you too It's better than the home office, let me say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, I, I, can, I can only imagine. Now, the reason you're there is because you attended the, the media launch of the new um, Chris Flyer um, set of lounges at Changi. You know, Changi's renowned for already being one of the, the, the best airports in the world, but this just takes it to a new level by the sounds of things. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, as you said, Changi is well known as being one of the best airports around the world. You know, everything runs like clockwork and it's spotlessly clean and, uh, you know, there's plenty of areas where you can sit down. But like uh, like any of these big hubs, you know, it's, it's busy and sometimes difficult to find a quiet spot. Mm. And that's where these... Uh, these lounges come in, and uh, you know, there's uh, the, the new setup they've got here in in Changi Airport is is quite good. There's effectively sort of three different levels. Um, there's what they call the Chris Flyer Gold Lounge, um, which is an area where uh, you know uh, Chris Flyer members uh, mm-hmm. who accumulate fifty thousand. Elite miles, they call it, from Singapore Airlines or their Star Alliance partners within 12 months. They can have access to uh, to that particular lounge. Okay. Um, and it's some, something for, you know, people who are sort of reasonably frequent travelers. That's something that you can sort of fairly easily attain access to. Mm. Um, and then the next, uh, the next level up from that is the... Uh, the business class lounge, which is called Silver Chris, Silver Chris Business Class Lounge, and then there's the um, the first class lounge and what they call the the uh, the private room, which is uh, something you just have to see. I mean, I've been there once now, and I'll probably never go back. <laughs> not, 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 <laughs> not for the likes of, of, you, of you and me, by the sounds of things. <laughs> no, no, well, I don't well, think so. Well, what 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 really what impressed you so much about it? Well, I think I mean, first of all, the scale of the the, the three lounges. Yeah. Uh, I mean, collectively, that they're six thousand one hundred square meters, uh, and uh, which represents thirty percent more space and more seats, uh, and they can accommodate up to eleven hundred and fifty customers. Um, so it's it's a pretty impressive sort of setup. It, it certainly beats the. Uh, Silver Chris Lounge that we have at Perth Airport, <laughs> that's for sure. Fair <laughs> <laughs> <Bad> point. <laughs> but uh, perhaps, I mean, perhaps if I can sort of take you through and give you a little mm. snapshot of, of each of them. Um, the uh, Beginning with the, the most attainable, I guess, the uh, the Chris Flyer Gold Lounge. Uh, you know, that's a quite a, a large area, sort of open-spaced area, you know, well-lit. It's got sort of, uh, you know, the... The windows out until the to, towards the runways and and uh, and so on. So there's plenty of good viewing to be had if you just want to sit there and sort of uh, take in the airport activities outside. But uh, you can of course uh, there's a there's a, a little uh, food and beverage area there, uh, and then there's sort of a, a mixture of of uh, 
of seats and little uh, sort of pods where you can, you know, plug a computer in and do a bit of work and yeah, and so okay. on. So it's a, it's a you know it's certainly you know if you certainly if you're you're passing through and you you need to do a bit of work as we often do when we travel you Absolutely. know it's a, a nice place just to to park yourself and you can sit in peace and quiet and mm. you know mm. perhaps recharge your devices and and have a drink and a coffee or whatever you takes your fancy um, but then the the next level up is is uh, if you're lucky enough to travel business class mm-hmm. uh, then you have access to the business class lounge uh, and this one here Changi is has uh, been increased by about 20% compared to the old one okay and that's been largely achieved because they've uh, they basically absorbed the um, uh, what do they call it the first class lounge into this particular area but Walking in there, it's sort of like a, a noticeable step up in in luxury compared to uh, you know the the gold lounge. Uh, it's sort of uh, how can I describe it? I mean, there's sort of four four sort of distinct areas, I guess, mm. in there. There's sort of a a main dining area uh, with a large sort of buffet, and uh, there's a mixture of sort of table and chair con- configurations there. You know, you can sit at cafe style tables okay. or you can sit in a more sort of comfortable lounge and uh, coffee table type setup and then there's a uh, sort of uh, living room area more of, uh, I liken it a bit more to a living room area it's sort of softer lighting uh, sort of mix of comfortable sofas and you know little productivity pods they mm, call them mm. uh, where you can sit sort of more privately and, and work if you need to oh. and then uh, then there's a a, a sort of a, a new area called a rest area and it's like a separate room where you sort of you go in and and if you imagine sort of uh, the pods that you see when you you travel on business class on the aircraft the sort of little little private pods that you can walk oh, into and there's yeah. a sort of a nice nice little table by the side and then, a, you know, a recliner seat that you can you can sit, sit or relax in. So, so, and it's very subdued lighting in there. So it's, it's sort of designed for, for people, you know, who may, may sort of want to catch up on a quick hour's <laughs> sleep or something like that in between flights. So, so there's really something for, for, um, for everyone in the in the business class lounge, um, yeah. So from there, it just went down to to this. I mean, I've seen the business lounge sort of here and there on my travels, but uh, it's not the place I sort of usually, unfortunately, <laughs> frequent too much. <laughs> but uh, but to see the first class lounge is just uh, it's just stunning. I mean, it's just such so beautifully designed and. Uh, you know, yeah, I don't know nearly where to start. I mean, uh, there's there's bathrooms that would put any you know five star hotel to shame. Uh, there is uh, sort of rest areas with uh, tempur beds mm. and uh, you know massage chairs and so on. Um, and and then the whole sort of like the main the main area is sort of designed to be sort of really quiet and you know quite subdued lighting it's certainly very quiet and uh, sort of comfortable lounge area there's a 
extensive bar with lots of wine and uh, good stuff at one end uh, where you can, you know, uh, there's private dining services and that sort of stuff where they cook you up meals. It's, uh, yeah, it's just another another level. <laughs> Sounds extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly is that, yeah, yeah. So, but, I mean, it's, it's sort of, um, it was really interesting to see, you know, for want of a better word, how the other half lives, or the other half lives, yeah. But uh, it's it's also a sort of, a, I guess, an insight into how travel is changing, you know. Um, and to some extent, you know, these things are sort of, you know, all these luxurious things are sort of filtering down, uh, you know, to, you know, like the gold gold lounge there, mm. for example. Um, and, uh, you know, that you can still... You know, stop in there and have a shower and that sort of stuff. Of course, yeah, it hasn't yeah. quite got the same same standards as uh, as in in business class and first class uh, lounges, but but it's certainly up there with uh, with some of the comforts. So it's it's interesting to see. No, absolutely. And I'm assuming this has been. Um, do, do, do you know roughly how long it's taken them to to refit all this and? Uh, well, I mean, it sort of started before the pandemic, so. Right, okay. um, started in in sort of uh, 2019 I believe so it's sort of been an ongoing project since then uh, they spent more than 50 million dollars uh, redesigning and upgrading and expanding the whole the whole area so it's a, we're talking a lot of money here wow. so it's a it's a big investment uh, but you know this is their their you know their flagship lounges in 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 their hub in their home home country i guess oh no so, exactly so it's it's i i would be very um surprised if it, if it wasn't a huge success and wasn't well well used yeah no no and and uh, you know uh, the um, the executives there uh, there's a guy called marvin tan who's okay. the senior vice president of uh, customer service and operations he's saying that you know there are plans to to sort of roll out these lounges or similar lounges in in other sort of main destinations i'm not quite sure whether perth where that ranks on the list but uh, <laughs> i'd say it's probably not super high on that list but uh, certainly you know there are plans to roll it out in in sort of uh, you know some of the major destinations that singapore airlines travel to yeah so we're talking australia maybe someone like like sydney perhaps yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. and some of the the main European and yes, and American of hubs, if I can. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's uh, certainly certainly been uh, an interesting uh, uh, morning uh, seeing seeing all this. And uh, uh, here tomorrow, uh, I have uh, another busy day out at Changi Airport. I'm I'm uh, sort of. Uh, going on a tour of the Singapore airline crew training facility oh, and uh, also of their, their whole uh, catering uh, operation. Mm. So it'll be really interesting to see. And I think, uh, you know, in coming weeks, uh, you know, I'll certainly be doing stories on that. So it's a, sort of a, an insight many of us don't get. So we look forward to sort of bringing that to our readers' attention. Oh, yeah, that sounds absolutely amazing. As, as you say, just about everything you're doing, it's, it's not normally accessible to, to most of us, I think it's fair to say. No, no, oh. yeah, that's, that's right, yeah. So it is a rare yeah, insight. No, it's been, uh, yeah, yeah, it's been awesome. So I've got lots of pictures and uh, I guess the, the first story, which I think we are planning to, to run on uh, Saturday, 
Uh, we'll tell you a little bit more about uh, what you can uh, what you can expect if you're lucky enough to get into one of these lounges. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, that's fantastic. Well, I look forward to reading it and, and all the other stories as well. Thanks for joining us on the Podwell Travel. No problem. My pleasure. You basically make a trip just to do that, wouldn't you? Oh, totally. Well, well, we know actually that a lot of people do just hang out at Changi, don't they? If, if I know. Locals, Look, you know? it's one of the it's one of the great airports of the world, and the Singaporeans do it so well, and they, and they are so focused on tourism and the value to their country of tourism, and they're built they're they're designing now the new Terminal Five, which is going to be, I think. The footprint of that is going to be as big as all the other terminals combined. Wow. And knowing the Singaporeans, it's going to be a city in itself. And, <laughs> and again, another reason just to go to Singapore and you say, well, what, what are you, why are you going to Singapore? I just want to walk around aimlessly in the terminals. Thank you very much because they're <laughs> such, a, such a great place to be. So, yeah. And, and, and as Moen's mentioned too, I mean, Singapore in general, but also Changi, it's one of the great places for sanitation. It's clean, it's safe, you know. Oh, yeah. All these are, are considerations for people as well, aren't they? Oh, and look, Singapore does it so well. At, at, you know, at every single touch point, Singapore does it brilliantly, whether it's the airline, the city, uh, you know, everything about the place is just fabulous and you feel so safe. Um, and and, uh, and and so secure there, and it's just fantastic value. Well, absolutely. Now, before we go and talk about another great airline, uh, which is Cathay Pacific, mm. I wanted to just just mention this uh, fabulous competition again. Um, we were talking mm. about price rises. Well, if anybody wins one of these four tickets, well, they won't have to worry about that because it's completely free. Um, and then now, the first code word is in this Saturday's West. So, Jeffrey, what can yes. you tell us about this this new competition? Oh, look, outstanding, uh, outstanding uh, prize there uh, competition. Uh, trip for two to either Rome or. London. Uh, I think there's uh, one trip to Rome, one trip to London, um, and uh, with with accommodation uh, as part of it, um, flying a premium economy, on which I've, I've had the um, pleasure of doing a several times mm. on the on the London flight with Qantas, and um, an outstanding product all round. So uh, and on the seven eight seven, so the dream machine. Um, so. Look, it's an outstanding competition and a wonderful uh, prize there. And, uh, um, yeah, Rome or London, take your pick. Um, Yeah, and and, and we should mention that they're going to have accommodation uh, will be provided in the destination city too. We don't know um, yet, but it sounds amazing. And the Radisson Hotels, I've had a look at both of them and they're just outstanding. They're just really, really nice. I mean, magnificent hotels and and, uh, totally... Uh, revamped um, up to the latest, uh, you know, bells and whistles standard. So, yeah, all around a really luxurious trip. Oh, goodness. So I was going to, as as I have said, the promotion starts um, on Saturday and runs until Saturday, June 18. So there'll be a unique Mm. daily code word in each copy of the West Australian from Monday to Saturday and in the Sunday Times. And yes. look, any, one person can enter as many times as they want to. Just, just buy more papers. So, you know. yes, I'm, I'm, I'm actually a bit, I'm a bit worried that my wife might divorce me so she can enter. I was <laughs> going to say that you and I are unfortunately um, um, disqualified from entering these these amazing yeah. competitions, which is a bit of 
a shame. But anyway, you know, we'll, we'll survive. So there you go. Yeah. That's a bit of a sneak peek as, as to what's coming up this Saturday in the West. So back to the Cathay Pacific Group, which, as I said earlier, has just released its annual sustainability or sustainable development report, and it just mm. re-emphasizes their commitment and progress in, in, in the areas of environmental, social, and governance. Now, you've been through it. What have you found? Oh, look, first of all, we're talking about Singapore Airlines being an outstanding carrier or Cathay Pacific. There's mm. just class, class and more class. They're, they're, you know, they've been flying to Perth since the early 70s. Um, and, uh, you know, Cathay Pacific's got a fan- fantastic name, well-deserved. Um, and they've been well and truly in the environmental space for the last 30 years or so, even longer. Uh, and their latest environmental report, which is about 140 pages long, uh, you go through it and you, you are so impressed with, by all the things they are doing, not just with uh, biofuels, and they're, they've committed to 10% biofuel by 2030, uh, increasing the number of people on their flight and their cargo loads are also to reduce carbon. Mm. They've invested in aeroplanes uh, like the A350, um, and the new 777X, which will come into service later on this decade. But there's a whole raft of things that they've done. For instance, they've reduced by 50% uh, the numbers of uh, single-use plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, 387 million pieces of single-use plastic mm-hmm. taken out of the system. Um, and and the waste off the aeroplane is diverted uh, from landfill into recycling uh, into, to produce energy. I mean, every single thing they do, every single thing they do is related to not just reducing CO2, but reducing landfill yes. to protecting the vulnerable species. They've, they've got new embargoes on protecting uh, vulnerable uh, wildlife from illegal trade. Um, and, you know, the, the, the seafood they serve on board is certified as, as sustainable seafood, for instance. So, mm. um, you know, you read through this and you think, Every single person uh, in this airline is focused on doing the right thing. And for, in- for instance, all the Cathay staff, all the Cathay staff have undergone training uh, uh, for anti-human traffic- trafficking because mm-hmm. human, you know, tra- human trafficking is a big issue. You know, we don't think about it in Australia, but around the world, it's a major problem. So every Cathay staff member has gone through this training to identify signs that a kitty on board may be uh, being illegally trafficked. Yes. So, you know, arrest the PA, they warn the authorities and have that person arrested sort of thing. So, um, you know, everything they do, uh, whether it's staff donating their time or they, they donating hundreds and hundreds of tonnes of surplus food to charities, um, you know, you read through it and you think this airline from top to bottom uh, is made of the right stuff and, and and well done to them. Absolutely. Now, you can read more about this in, in Jeffrey's story in this Saturday's West uh, travel section. But look, look, I tell you what, you hear about this from these kinds of airlines and you think, well, it must feed into people's decisions as to who they're going to fly with, depending on where their, their destination is, of course, mustn't it? Look, look, indeed. And I think I think COVID has reinforced this for everybody. I, I really believe, and from people I've talked to and, and surveys that have been done, People, COVID has been a reality check for so for, for most of us, um, and people are now focused on their health and the health of the environment more mm. than they've ever been before. And they're thinking, yeah, I'm going to make the right decision here. I'm going to do what's best for me and for the environment uh, and the world I live in. 
um, and which is a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. And uh, yeah, you, when you see an airline like Cathay, Singapore is the same, Qantas is the same, mm. Virgin again, another one. Uh, they're all doing the right thing wherever they possibly can. And these reports, um, are, are, they're not pages and pages of text. They've got fabulous graphics mm. that really illustrate what they're doing. And they're worth a read. They're, they're really quite fascinating. So people can go onto the uh, Cathay uh, website, for example, and download yes. a copy of the report? Absolutely, yeah. yes. Okay. Fantastic. Okay, yeah. look, that's mm. wonderful, Jeff. Well, look, thank you. You've thank you for safely landing the plane that is the pod well travelled. Um, it's been wonderful <laughs> sharing sharing the show with you, and um, <laughs> look forward to chatting again with you soon because there really is so much to talk about and so much happening, not just in the oh, space, but in the travel space. It's just incredible. Very exciting. Very exciting times. Very exciting times. Okay, Jeff, you have a great day. Pleasure. Well.